shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Doing. Amatasi clicker vedish jacarias, embracasia, emetijicari, bacos tefe, ambracastife, emesticarius, megalish, ambracas, tigala fantadish, embracadish tafalash, embracadish tafalishia. Yes, Lord, Father, thank you. Lord, we bless your holy name. For in Jesus' name we're prayed. Amen. Uh, so we're still in Luke, Luke chapter 11, verse 2. And he says unto the, he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This prayer is actually a kingdom prayer from beginning to end. First, you have to honor the king of the kingdom. Hallowed. Hallowed be thy name. Blessed be your name. He's actually he's the reason for the kingdom. He's the, he's the God of the kingdom. Then he's the king of kings. And Lord of Lords, you are calling the only potentate, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the only wise God, immortality that dwells in light. He alone, he alone who had immortality dwelling in the light, unapproachable light, that no man can approach unto. Amen. That's the King. Hallowed be Thy name. Uh, yeah. Amen. Uh, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Hi. So this is really the heart of Jesus. When Jesus is praying, what is he praying? Thy kingdom come. He's looking for kingdom. His father's kingdom. Because this, this man, this, this man is wise too. He was the first person that prayed this prayer. Nobody has ever prayed for kingdom to come. Thy kingdom. What the people, the Jews were looking for was their kingdom. <laughs> the kingdom of Israel. Jesus was the first person who came on the scene, was now praying not for the kingdom of Israel. He says, Thy kingdom, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy own kingdom. Thy kingdom come. You know, when the Father saw the, the Son pray that kind of prayer, he says, No, it's not only now my kingdom, it's also your kingdom too. <laughs> we will share the kingdom together. By that kind of prayer, by that kind of heart, don't so, Jesus also became the king of the kingdom. Yeah. Both he and his father, they are God in the kingdom. Both he and the father, they are king of kings and lord of lords. You see, when you, when you have desire aright, quest aright, hmm? the, way, the way the laws of the spirit work is what you seek you will find. So, if you are coming to God for house, let me tell you, you will get the house. That's this not even. So, and sometimes, you know, you can be learning Christ and sometimes that's what you need. Don't come and say because you are learning Christ, you will not pray for house. Do you get me? Uh, so that we don't mix it up. If the need of your life, you can tell by the Spirit that the Lord wants you to buy a house. 
Some of you, in one or two years, you will start buying your own houses. It's true. We, we, we are not enemies of people buying houses, people prospering. We want you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospered. Because I, I, I'm seeing some of you, your souls are prospering. So we want you to do well. We want you to have houses. We want you to have cars. You can have two. You can have three cars. It's okay. You can have a good job. You can be making money. It's okay. We are not against that. But not in replacement of, do you get me, of the original priority, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The pursuit of the doctrine of Christ. Nothing should ever take that place. So, when Jesus was desiring his own desires, what was he desiring? He was desiring house, though. But not the house he was living in. His father's house. He, the kingdom is the father's house. <laughs> so he was still asking for house, but another kind of house. Hey. <laughs> so sometimes we will look at you and think that we are not ambitious. We are not ambitious in the sense of what you define as ambition. But people, you, you are looking, some people are looking for a big house. Me, I'm looking for the biggest house ever. It's called in my father's house. There are many mansions. If we were not so, I would have told you. That's the house we are called, we are desired, we are seeking for. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And other houses will follow you. <laughs> All other things will follow you. So Jesus was going for the big one. The kingdom. They, they call it the tabernacle of God. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The house of God. The tabernacle is all the kingdom. It's that dominion of the king. So, as Jesus was praying, he blessed the king of the kingdom. Then he now asked, thy kingdom come. Then he now, the, he had to, he, he fleshed out the prayer. Because, how does his kingdom come? By his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Wherever the will of God is done, kingdom, dominion of God is there. It means the reign of God is there. Do you get me? They call it the, his kingdom, his kingdom, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. The scepter of his kingdom is righteousness, not so. It means the will of God is that you receive righteousness and you do righteousness. Hi! Am I communicating? This word of righteousness that we are talking in, this Christ, the will of God is that you conform to this Christ, this righteousness. Hear it and become it. That's the will of God. And that's the reign of God. That's the kingdom being done. A man who has conformed to the image of God, the Bible says that they will see your good works and give glory to your father. Are you not seeing dominion? Reign. That's the reign. That will be done on that will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Jesus was now, so it means that all the prayer was his kingdom coming. Because everything else is began to say now, he's began to talk, pray to flesh out the, the journey to the kingdom. The temptations you face is so that you can go out of the way. The temptations you face is what John will say. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. Temptations are to move you out of the way. Because the doctrine of Christ is the righteousness. The doctrine of Christ is the will of God. It's the righteousness you need to receive for the reign of God to be formed in your life. To, do, to, to operate in your life. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Just let's see it. And all the rest of the prayer was was stemming from the first prayer, the first, the, the original prayer. The original prayer is that thy kingdom come. Then Jesus now began to discuss it. How does his kingdom come? His will be done on earth. Do his will. Dominion is coming. His reign is coming. Then he now says, Give us day by day our daily bread. Without the daily bread, you will not know the will. What is the daily bread there? It's not, do you get me? It's not food. Do you get me? It's not Nando's. <laughs> Amen. It's not McDonald's. It's not bread. It's not physical bread. Daily bread is give us our daily word. That's the simplest. But really, give us our daily revelation. Our daily word nuggets. Our daily food. Our daily soul food. Food for the soul. Our daily feast for our soul. That's Isaiah 55. Yes. The message is coming now. Let's, let's begin to see it. Let's see Isaiah 55. That Isaiah 55 is verse 3 of Luke chapter, two, uh, chapter 11. Amen. Isaiah 55 is verse 2, verse 3 of Luke chapter 11. Isaiah 55 from verse 1 to 3 says, Ho, oh, everyone that tested, come ye to the waters. And he that had no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hacken diligently unto me and eat that which is good. That's your daily bread. Mm-hmm. That's your daily bread. Hacken diligently unto me. Hacken, listen. And eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Food. Your soul will be so fat. If you're hacking diligently, you'll be so fed that your soul will be so fat. Meaning you'll be so full. Then now we confirmed it. Incline your ear. Hear. Come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I'll make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. So that is Luke chapter 11 verse 3. Give us our daily bread. So that daily bread is the words of his mouth. The revelation where he teaches us on a daily basis. Teaching. Today is a bread. Amen. Today is a bread. A bread is being given to us right now. Amen. Now, I'll just tell you the truth. Without bread, sufficient bread, or without fatness of soul, you'll be unable to do the will. Yes. That's, Jesus was now, Jesus started from the high place. Thy kingdom come. The kingdom comes by his will being done on earth as is in heaven. But Jesus knows that you cannot do the will if you are not feeding. If you are not feeding on daily bread. Let's see. This is this what I'm just saying here is Hebrews chapter 5, what they were explaining. Later, towards the end of Hebrews chapter 5. It would take daily bread and exercise of daily bread to come to a place where you can discern what is God's will and what is not God's will. And you can't enter kingdom without the will. 
Meaning his kingdom cannot come without the will. And you cannot know the will if you have not fed fits of fat things based on day-to-day bread. So that's Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 13 and 14. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Now, the word of righteousness is your daily bread. It's your word. They call it the word of righteousness. Not so? Which many of us will know already. Romans chapter 1, 16, 17 is the righteousness revealed, the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The righteousness daring, righteousness revealed from faith to faith. So the word of righteousness is the doctrine of Christ. So the word of every righteousness you are hearing is a Christ you are hearing. And meaning is a bread you are eating. That is our day-to-day bread. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for it's a babe. Now, he was now teaching verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Mean what is full age? You've used that doctrine of Christ to grow up. You are now a full Christ. A full Christ is a full age. You are a mature Christ. As a result of all the Christs you have been eating. All the word of righteousness you have been hearing. A time will come, it will bring you to fullness. Maturity. Meaning charity. The end of the commandment is charity. <laughs> yeah? So when you, when you are not yet a full Christ, you will be learning faith of the Son of God. You will keep growing, then you will come to hope of charity. That's 60-fold. Faith of the Son of God, you can call it 30-fold. Hope of charity, you can call it 60-fold. Charity of charity, meaning the end of the commandment. Mm? That one is 100-fold. Then what do they call that one again? Full age. Is someone who, has, who is a, char- a charity man is a man who they can give strong meat. Yes. That's full age. Now, how they now they now, they now explain for that? How do you come to full age? How do you come to charity? Even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised. So it's a process. Doctrine of Christ. Doctrine of Christ. Here, little, dear, little. Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Doctrine of Christ. Teachings of Christ. Who Christ is. He will teach you how to forgive. He will teach you how to be merciful. He will teach you how to be kind. He will teach you all those his natures. Forbearance. Oh, charity. And above all, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. All those fruits of the Spirit. He will be teaching you those things. As you are learning those doctrines. And then Holy Ghost will be arranging your environment. Yes. When Holy Ghost wants to teach you forgiveness, he will bring somebody who will, who would offend you. Uh-huh. So you now tell you what Pastor Femi taught. Remember that word. Go and put it to use, mm. and then forgive. Mm. What you when you now do the forgiveness, you pick up Christ. That's a Christ you have learned. That's the practicality of the learning of Christ. Say, put on there for bowels of mercy. Uh, Holy Ghost can arrange you, set you up. <laughs> that people, it's not people, if it's people that you like, it will be easy. If it's somebody that you don't like at all, <laughs> has need. And you know why the person has the need, and it's this person's fault. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
Good for him. Yeah, it does you well. Yeah? Yeah, you see it now. Then Holy Ghost will now come and say, you give that person. Even the one that you have. They, what are they trying to teach you? Bowels of mercy. Because they know that the bowels of mercy is something. You keeping the thing is nothing. So they want you to use nothing to purchase something. But to you, it appears as though they are demanding too much. No, they are being merciful. They want you to use your nothing. <laughs> Amen. They want you to do to, to let me tell you what what is it? What is it? Is it something that you are keeping malice? It's nothing. Why are you keeping the malice? The person that you are keeping the malice with doesn't even care, doesn't even know what's going on. You are the one who is suffering from the malice. You are the one who is suffering from the envy. You are the one who is suffering in your closet. Do you get me? And the person who you are doing the malice against does not even know you, does not even remember, does not even feel anything. So it means it's nothing, it's really nothing. So why are you keeping your nothing? Then when Christ is coming to you, Christ will teach you how to give up your nothing for something. Christ teaches you how to bear all things. Those who by patient continuance in well doing seek after. Also, glory, honor, immortality, semicolon, eternal life. Patient continuance. That's, a ch- that's charity. Patient continuance in well-doing. Believeth all things. Hopeth all things. Endureth all things. Seeketh not our own. That's charity. You're actually receiving substances that last. When you are forbearing. When you are forgiving. When you are humble in your mind. When you are merciful, when you are kind, when you are charitable, above all, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. This is Colossians chapter 3, I'm quoting. Strong meat belongeth to a charity man, someone who has come of full age. But that charity man labor to become charity. Car exercise. That's your real gym. Is why Paul will say, body exercise profited little. Why why it profited much if you are not seeing it in comparison to to do you get me? To charity, to spiritual exercise of learning Christ. So you can be doing that one, it's okay. But he's trying to show you that in the spirit, you are exercising your senses every time you submit to the hearing of the word. And the doing, the application of it. You are trying to exercise. You are exercising your senses. And you must exercise your senses. So if, let me, what Paul was saying is that if it comes like maybe your life is too busy, that you have to either learn Christ or go to gym. Paul is saying, drop Jim and learn Christ. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but I know there are some people who are, yeah, go to your gym. I like how they get it. Just make sure, you Just make sure that you are doing Christ more. Uh-huh. If Christ is suffering because of your gym, let the gym suffer because of Christ. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. In fact, not just anything. If Christ is suffering because of the show you are watching, let the show suffer. Let that movie suffer because of your Christ. It's better. 
Jesus said it is better for you to enter enter life with one eye. <laughs> Do you get me? Like it's better for you to enter life with one arm. You've taken off one the other arm, but you still use you still you're still able to push yourself. It's, it's better than for your whole body to be whole and they throw the whole body into damnation. What am I saying is that many things are good. Christ is best. Mm-hmm. Priority in your heart. Exalt priority in your heart. Word of righteousness. Christ's doctrine. Exalt priority in your heart. Exalt it far above every other thing. Hmm. This one will hit somebody, including your career. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Jesus knows. Jesus said, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and unto God what belongs to God. But if you are giving everything unto Caesar, if Caesar is, is dragging your whole life, it means you are not giving unto God what you need to give to God. Caesar needs to calm down. You can calm down the Caesar. It probably means you are working too much. Some of us maybe two, three jobs. It probably means somewhere you are overdoing it. Reduce your Caesar service. So that you can balance your God service. God service must always be on the higher side of the scale at all times. And let me tell you, God service in comparison to civil service is even easy. Caesar determines nine, eight to nine hours of your day, not so <laughs> Monday to Friday or maybe weekends, also 40 to 45 to 50 hours. God doesn't even need up to 50 hours. Amen. God can even just manage three hours of your day. I remember one message from way back of t- was teaching. He's like, okay, if you want to know, okay, how much time? Okay, why don't you tighten your time? Mm-hmm. Let's start there. If you don't know how to give your time to God, let's start by tightening your time. I remember his own message. Many in, in DG fell, I remember. And that is stuck with me because I wasn't sure how to apply how much time I should give to word or prayer. So I started with that. Let me, okay, if I have 24 hours in a day, let me make sure that every day I give 2.4 hours to God. Let's start there. Okay, let's even do, give three hours. Give, can you give three hours of your day to God? And what I mean by that, can you be streaming messages, be praying? Now, somebody will say that, ah, oh, Pastor James, calm down. Now, you know, we have to, there are chores we have to do. Excuse me, to, the part that you are streaming message doesn't mean you cannot wash plates. Yes, uh, you have earphones. <laughs> you can increase the volume. Stream the message and wash the plates at the same time. <laughs> Amen. In fact, there was a time that when the thing was too much, when I was too busy, I would stream the message and sleep at the same time. I work when I have little breaks. You can play, you can just play some audio Bible, pray a little bit. Oh, and sometimes, you know, at work, sometimes, even if you are doing an office job, you are on the computer, you are working there, sometimes you have a little bit of a downtime. Yeah. You'll be working maybe for three hours, and then, you know, it's in, it's in, you're just doing some, some light tax. Yeah. You can plug in your ear and listen to a message and just be listening while you are doing the simple tax in your job. If you can. There is always a way. There is always a way. And if there is no way, there is a Caesar you need to cut out. 
check it. If you have seen that there is no way, it's too tight. Fine, check your life. There is a scissor you need to reduce. You need to curtail a scissor in your life. Give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and unto God what belongs. Don't give Caesar what belongs to God. Amen. After I clock out from work, I don't give them again my time. Uh, uh, even my thoughts. Let me say. Even my thoughts. Yes. <laughs> give. I've given Caesar his first year. Let me go and give God my own, but the first year of God. Yes. No one should be working seven days a week. Please. Make sure there's one day, at least one day. Even if okay, even if you work six days, put one day inside. Just to shut cut down, just shut that thing. So you can shut down and do something. Praise the name of the Lord. Caesar must reduce though. For now, since we are still in this world, Caesar will just say Caesar must reduce. In the world to come, there will be no Caesar. Caesar is nothing, let me just tell you. Anything that cannot endure, anything that does not abide, is nothing. Mm-hmm. But we understand. So, you know, for, and Jesus even understood. Yeah. Uh-huh. Caesar, Caesar, the system of this world, they, they are keeping us, they are helping us make some dollars to buy our clothes. You get me? So we will not be naked. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so that we can eat some food, so our body can, flesh can be fed. Uh-huh. So give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Jesus agreed with that. It's okay. Yeah. But make sure you are giving unto God what belongs to God. Because the time, last, last, a time will come where there will be no more Caesar. There will be no more Caesar. Is it, you know, the way Jesus talks, Jesus talks this and all, Jesus says somewhere else will say, He says that, Jesus will say that, do not be afraid of him who can flog you. In your, in your body and slap you and beat you up. Rather be afraid of him that after you've been beat up, will pack your soul and throw it in hell. <laughs> Fear that one. <laughs> God somewhere is a shrewd manager. Is a ruthless. <laughs> he has that thing too. He's also shrewd. He's, he doesn't care whether they, oh, you've been beat up. Oh, it's because Satan, the trials of this world and the world. You see, George, Jesus, you need to understand. That's why he couldn't hear the thing. That's why he couldn't go to it. No, they don't hear that one. Oh. Because, excuse me, Paul, Peter was saying, so saying to some believers, don't think it's strange that you are the only one who is going through. <laughs> Do you remember? Peter said it. Peter said, don't think it's only you. That, don't think it's strange that you are the only one who is going through diverse manners of issues. Eh? Every, he says, go and check the whole world. Every, every Christian. That is common, is common to every believer. So don't think you are the only one. No, it's not nothing new. So it's not an excuse. When you now go to Father, I say, Ah, oh God, if, not, if, if only there were no temptation, no trials, we would have, we would have served you well, we would have heard all the words you had to hear. It's a lie. Oh. You would have found another vanity to pursue. So it won't be an excuse. Everybody has to face it. It won't be an excuse. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So God will grant us wisdom how to manage the things of Caesar and the things of God. Yes. That the worship of the creature will never supersede the worship of the creator in our lives. That's Romans chapter 1. That's what he was teaching. There are, there are some people that they worship the creature more than the creator. It shouldn't be so. It should be the other way around. 
It should be the other way around. We need to increase our reverence for God in the heart. More than Caesar. But I have to balance it. Caesar is still needful in your life. For this earth. While we are on earth. Do you hear me? Caesar is still useful while we are on earth. So let's balance that. So that we have to handle our business. But the business must never take the place of God. And what is the place of God? The hearing of the doctrine of Christ. That's it. Let's define it well. See, who by reason of use how their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. You see, so we are still comparing the Lord's Prayer. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 to Hebrew chapter 5, 13 and 14. Where he is talking about thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so on the earth. Then he now explain it for that because you can't do will if you are not feasted on the daily bread. So that's what Hebrews chapter 13 and 14 is explaining. That strong meat, will, strong meat is the will of God, will. That one belongeth to them who have been exercised by the word of righteousness. Meaning who are feasted on the daily bread to an extent where they are now seeing clearly what is good, meaning will of God, and what is evil, meaning not the will of God. Amen? And able to choose what? Choose the good. Praise the name of the Lord. This is not new. Jesus went through this. This, this concept, Jesus himself who is leading the prayer, is his own prayer. It's a prayer he prays. It's, in these scriptures, he's teaching you the entrance to the kingdom. Is by daily bread. Is by doctrine. Doctrine will enable you to see what is good and what is evil in the sight of God. Doctrine will give you God's eyes. You'll be able to see as God sees. Then you'll be able, if you're able to see how God sees, you will now see what is good in God's sight. What is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Because you've been transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you can see, you can judge as God judges. That's Romans chapter 12 verse 2. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It will take exercise to be able to transformation of exercise, transformation of mind, exercise of word of righteousness to come to a discernment point where you can be able to test and approve what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Meaning what is the good versus what is the evil. You'll be able to clean out those things. You know, as, as we are learning Christ, many things, you, God speaks to us, you know, and, but then there's still some, death, there's still some uh, infirmities in those understandings of God's will. It will take a full-aged man to have the clear picture of God's will. Perfect will of God. There will be no error in your judgment of His will. Yes. It, will take, it will take a full-aged man. So it's the reason why, yes, you can be making mistakes. Righteous man falleth seven times, righteous double seven. But just know that until you attain charity, fullness of charity, you can still make errors in judgments. In discerning good and what? And evil. Let's see Isaiah chapter 7. This is awesome. Jesus did the exact same thing. Some of us will already know the scripture. Isaiah chapter 7.
I'll read verse 15 and then 16. I'll just start from verse 14 because they're talking about Jesus. Amen. Isaiah chapter 7 from verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So this is Jesus. Right? Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Verse 15 is where I'm going. It says, Butter and honey shall he eat. That he may know how to, he may know to refuse the evil and choose. It means without butter and honey or the eating, the feasting of butter and honey, which is the meat, really. Am I communicating? The fat. No butter is fat. Amen. The meat shall he eat. That he will know how to. So you need to know. That's the discernment. That's the discernment. You need to know. What is good and what is evil. You need to be able to discern as a result of what you have learned by the exercise of the doctrine of Christ. You now begin to discern what is good, what is truly good in God's sight. You know, before this, you'll be doing evil and calling it good. And doing good and calling it evil because you are unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he's a babe. You'll be making errors in judgment. But when you've come to full age... You are no longer a baby, you are a mature son. You know, you have discernment, you are eating meat, you are eating butter and honey, you are eating world of righteousness. You will now know. Hi, God help us to know. Teach us to know. Oh Father, we beg you. We ask you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Teach us to know. Teach us knowing. Help us, assist us in knowing, knowing, so that we can discern what is good. And also what is evil. Butter and honey shall he eat. That he may know to refuse the evil. And to choose the good. Then they say, but for, before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Then they began to prophesy the things that will come about. Before the child is born in fact. So we are now prophesying about the nations. So this is. This is so Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith. This is what he uttered. The process of coming to God. The process of coming to the kingdom. The process is eat word of righteousness. Eat butter and honey. Eat meat. Eat fat. Eat Christ. When you eat in Christ, then you will now know what is good and what is evil. You don't know it before. Just know you don't know it before. Now you now begin to know. Discern what is good and what is evil. And then now you can now choose the good. And what is the good? The good is the will of God. And the moment you begin to do the, the will of God, meaning the moment you begin to do the good, you've entered the kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. And also the kingdom has come on earth. Through you, you are, you are expressing the dominion, the reign of Jesus. The reign of the king. Who is the, so kingdom is the dominion of the king. Kingdom is the dimension, the land where the king reigns. Yes. The kingdom of God is the land where the king reigns or where the king has dominion king dominion king's dominion kingdom king's dominion the land where the king has reign has free pass has reign so imagine if your soul becomes so flexible so fleshy heart of flesh 
I will give you an heart of flesh and remove the heart of stone out of your heart. Not so. That heart of flesh, you become so malleable, so trembling at his word. You know, to this man would I look upon who is humble, who is contrite, of a contrite spirit broken, who, who trembleth at my word. That kind of heart. When they've taught you sufficiently that your heart is like that, it means you are a kingdom. You are a dominion for God. Because God will come and ride upon that heart. God rides upon the heart of flesh and has reign over such a heart. It means that God will begin to reign in your life. God will begin to reign in your life. God, you begin to show forth his nature in your life. You begin to show forth his praises. You begin to show forth his ways. You begin to show forth his thinking, his thoughts, his judgments, his laws. That is the kingdom. The dominion of the king. The land where the king reigns. Or the soul. The soul where the king reigns. That is the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us, day by day, our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. Hey, 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 hey. And forgive us our sins. <laughs> I, I don't I will go there. <laughs> yes, I'll just leave that one like that. You know, I have to go into many things to teach that one. Forgive. Remission of sins. Forgive for we uh, for as we forgive those who has trespassed against us. Do you get me? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It means evil can hinder you on this path. Do you get me? Temptation can lead you away from this path. That's why you have to add it to the prayer. We only have one enemy once you're on the path of the doctrine of Christ. What's the enemy? That which will lead you to transgress yeah. and abide not in the doctrine of Christ. Yeah. And the only being that knows how to do that is Satan. He knows how to tempt you away from the path. He knows how to bring men your way. His men he uses. He uses people with any men. He can use anybody. Eh? How do I know he can use anybody? Excuse me. He used Peter against Jesus. Jesus said, I want to go and do God's will. Peter said, no, Lord, you are not going anywhere. <laughs> Eh? Not so. I'm just surprised. That's what. That's what really what happened. Jesus said, "I want to go and do God's will, so that kingdom can come." Do you get me? Peter said, "No, you are not going anywhere. That no, Lord, will not let you go. You know that can just that's the general gist." Then what did Jesus say? Get deep behind me, Satan. He knew what was going on. So Satan can use any man. That's why Colossians Paul will write to us: Beware, lest any man spoil you. It's because. The reason why Paul called him man, not Satan, is because Satan will never come to you directly. Satan uses men. So he went to the roots. Lest any man spoil you. It's the same terminology that they always, both Paul uses and John uses. Am I communicating somebody? I know online you guys are, you are connecting with this message today. Kingdom. This is a kingdom message. For entrance. This is gates for entrance. This is access for entrance. Mashetebrikalio 
Medishahadias. Ambrokotofedish. Are we ready? Colossians chapter 2. Let's see Colossians chapter 2. Lead us, remember, where we are at now in the, in the, in the, in the path to the kingdom. We are reading from Luke chapter 11. Maybe for some of those that are just looking in. Luke chapter 11 verse 2. We are showing the way to the kingdom. The prayer, the Lord's prayer was the way to the kingdom. He started from the top. The king of the kingdom. Hallowed be thy name. Our father who art in heaven. If I is from the top. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Then thy kingdom come is the reason for the will. What he wants. Then if thy kingdom, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then he now, he now explain that will. You can't even do will. Will cannot be done except you are first feasted on the daily bread. So give us our daily bread. Then he talked about remission of sins. Which I decided not to talk on yet today. And forgive us our sins for as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now the final one we are now dealing with. This one is serious. <laughs> it's another, you know, another one. Uh, I guess you might call it issue. Uh-huh, that's this one. Devil. <laughs> Devil is your hindrance. Amen. Devil is your hindrance to where? To the kingdom. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Uh, so Colossians chapter 2. I read 6 to 9, but I'm going to first 8. I want to just dis- design the context. Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, 6 to 9. Colossians chapter 2, 6 to 9. It reads, it says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. I explained this many times. Rooted and built up in him, meaning the walk in him is, is to be developed by this exercise of the word of righteousness. Yeah. Or the word of Christ, or the doctrine of Christ. It's the same thing. Rooted and built up in him, established in a faith as ye have been taught. So to be rooted, you have to be taught. What are they teaching you? Word of righteousness, which is the doctrine of Christ. As ye have been taught. To be built up, you have to be taught. To be established, you have to be taught. As ye have been taught. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. So, what this verse 7 is saying is that you are abiding in the doctrine of Christ. By the teachings of Christ, you are abiding. Then verse 8 now talks about the enemy of abiding. Yes. The enemy of abiding. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. These are all enemies. These are the arrows by noonday. Satan will be sent. These are the thoughts Satan will be sending. A random person, maybe your friend that maybe is not really in the world of righteousness, but he's a believer, a very strong believer. You know, Satan can use anybody. Then, no, am I coming to Satan can use anybody. He can just come and just suggest something to you. Man, that thing people are hearing, man. That thing is just talk, man. Let me show you another one. There's some other things too. And then you now get confused. Now be like, ah, let me to be safe. Well, this one is saying one thing. This one is saying another thing. No, we are not saying one thing. Another person is saying another thing. We are saying Christ. Just that's it. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't have my team. We don't have our, people. Don't some you know, get me? Not not one person is saying one thing. And when you begin to understand how doctrine works, inside doctrine there is milk, there is meat, and there is strong meat. So do you know even prosperity is milk of the world, balanced one. Do you get me? Faith to move mountains is milk of the world. So we are not enemies of faith to move, move mountains. Neither are we enemies of your prosperity. We want you to prosper. 
Do you get me? We become enemies of it if it's hindering you from growing up in Christ. That's when we, we, we speak, we, we, we deal with it. We judge it. Because, you are, because the thing is becoming a veil for you to journey in Christ. But on its own, we like people to prosper. On its own, we want you to be perfectly healed and healthy. On its own, we want everything good for your life. But let it just not hinder, hinder your rooted and built up. Let it not just hinder your development in the doctrine of Christ. That's all. That's all we ask. And you have to abide in the doctrine of Christ. Beware, lest any man spoil your true philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, all manners of things are in here. Satan can try anything. And you know the one he will pick for you. He picks your clothes according to your size. <laughs> he knows the things he has put in you since you were born from your mother's womb. When David said, For my mother's womb I was conceived in sin. Satan has been the one raising us sins. He knows the sin things he has put in us. So he knows the one we've deleted and one we have not yet deleted. The one that is still there, that is not Christ, that sin that he put in us, that we learned since our mother's womb growing up, he, that's the one he will use and tempt you. He, will, he, knows how to, he knows how to calculate your temptation according to your program. The, 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 the still dirty waters that are still in your soul. So he will design the temptation according to, the, to whatever dirty waters he still has in your soul. So that the dirty water in your soul, let me just tell you, the knowledge of this world that you have in your soul is the TV. Satan has the remote. Yes. Because he's the one who put that TV there. And for some of us, it's in his large screen television, 80 inch, <laughs> hanging on the wall. Yeah. High, definition. <laughs> High definition. It didn't look like 3D. <laughs> As Christ is saving you, the TV is becoming smaller and smaller. <laughs> the channels too that he has in that TV are reducing. Every time you hear Christ, they are deleting channels. They are deleting channels. Eh? Maybe for somebody today, they deleted the CNN channel. <laughs> that is in your soul. <laughs> eh? so maybe tomorrow it will be AIT. <laughs> Movie Magic. NTV. <laughs> every day, every day that they are flogging you with Christ, they are deleting channels. Deleting channels. And so Satan will become alarmed. So, if he has the one or two channels he has left, maybe CTV News, that he has left, that is still hanging in your soul, the way he will begin to broadcast on that channel, he will broadcast and broadcast that channel to spoil you. He will still be, as long as he still has a channel, he will still be trying. He will still be trying. He will still be trying. If your channel is that, you have, you are, you are, you, are, you like vain deceit. Hey! That, in fact, you, you, no, Satan will never send anybody to talk philosophy to you. You won't even bother. Everybody will be able to world, world. You see all your peers, they will start, they will, that, vain, that vain deceit that you're looking for, everybody around you will start getting it. And I know, I, I know Satan. <laughs> you just watch. It's you that is after all. It's the vain deceit that he put inside you. And you are learning Christ. Then the next thing, he will just design that every man around you, let's say your vain deceit in this season, this season is car. You just want a car. You just want it by all means. Before you know it, all your friends start getting cars. Only you. <laughs> <A> shoe. <laughs> Devil. 
Only you will have car. <laughs> it's called vain deceit. Then what, what? Why? Why? Why did he do that? You start thinking. Is this message that's causing it? Why everybody in this that's new message they always have problem? Is this me- I need to. What is he trying to suggest? Transgress. Lead us not into temptation. It's a temptation. They want you to move out of the way. They want to transgress and move out of the abiding of the doctrine of Christ. Amen. So Paul put it this way. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. That is in Christ. Focus is Christ. Focus on Christ. For what? In him dwelleth all the fullness. Christ is many you. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's verse 9. In him everything about God. Knowing God who God is. Isn't that man? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily in him. So we don't need anything else. You don't need anything else. You don't need philosophy. You don't need anything else. You need doctrine of Christ. In him dwelleth. All the fullness of the Godhead body. You need Christ, my people. You need Christ. We need more Christ. You need to, you need to just soak like those, those bags in this water. You know, I remember many, 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 many years ago. It was eight years ago. I think it was 2012. 2012. Yes, it was 2012. It was around the winter season. I went to Calgary. Whenever I used to go to Calgary then, uh, uh, because if maybe Jeff, Jeff used to be in Winnipeg, when he used to come to Calgary to work in the summer. So I, would go, I used to go there a lot. And then we used to go to House of David. Uh, I was to the pastor Boston's church. Uh, uh, then there's a, in that church there's brother Ayo, who is the one who is to do worship His Majesty. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That we're all kind of a part of then. So, uh, so I, whenever I go to Calvary, that's the last where I used to go. So one 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 of these Sundays I was just worshiping. I had this. It was almost like an encounter uh, with the Lord. I believe it's the Lord. Maybe it's an angel. I don't know. Uh, but we were, I, I, it's the Lord. I believe yes. Uh, I was, um, where it was like on a mountain. We were like on a mountain. This is 2012. I remember that so vividly. We were on the mountain. And he was holding my hand and he was like, I should jump. Because what was on, down the, what is waters. Like, you know, like what a waterfall. Gushing waters. Ah! I was afraid. And the mountain wasn't too, too high. It's not like for too high. The mountain was like a rock. And then the water flow, the waterfall. And then it was like, I should jump. I was like, ah, I was just getting, God, God, I, was, I was just checking the thing that I would drown. Though. And I was like, you know what? I mean, this is about trusting God. So I jumped into the water. And we, obviously, the water now began to, I was now drowning in it. Then after a while, initially, you know, it's like you're drowning. But after a while, the water began to sustain me. The water, I was inside, totally immersed in water. I, and I believe now it was just showing me of things to come. It was just showing me of my, what I should do to come. What, where I should, I should be baptized into these waters and fully into it. That's what it was showing me. So the water, began, the water has its own mind, a mind of its own. It was following me <laughs> when I said I listed. And I wasn't feeling any anxiety or anything. I was just, after a while, you know, initially you fight. After a while, I was just at peace in the world. It was following me. I wasn't drowning. I wasn't not, I was breathing under the water. Ah. Uh, I said, okay, now this is looks like this water is a different kind of water <laughs> that will drown you. You get, but it will float you. It will carry you to a destination. So I, I was now seeing that. I was now seeing this thing is that is the doctrine of Christ that we need to abide in. 
allow it to overflow you because in him is what the dwelleth all the fullness all all we need to these words are deep this was a power imagine in one man dwelleth all the fullness of the godhead bodily in one man in christ jesus all the fullness of the godhead bodily so it is okay to be lost in him it's okay to soak in him it's okay to be carried by his waters it's okay he has many things in those waters all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you. This is, this is awesome. We must give our entirety to Christ. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. It means all inheritance. That's it. It's inheritance. He's talking about it. All inheritance is in him. Verse 10 now confirms what I've been saying. You don't need anything else. <laughs> you don't need philosophy. You don't need vain deceit. You don't need traditions of men. You don't need rudiments of this world. It says, for ye are what? Complete in him. Now, you know, a baby can take this scripture who is unskillful in righteousness and say, ah, we are already complete in him. Go and start from verse 6. Before you are complete in him, you must have been rooted as you have been taught. You must have been built up as you have been taught and then established as you are in thought. Though you are, okay, you are already in the journey to completion, as long as you abide. You are not yet complete, but you are in the journey to completion. So it's people who have journeyed through this process and also overcome temptation. That beware, lest any man spoil you. Are those who will now come to ye, and ye are complete in him, which is the head over all principality and power. That's okay for that. Uh, Let's buttress this thing with John. John said it the exact same way in a different words, in different words. Second John verse 9, 10 and 11. Second John verse 9, 10 and 11. But John's words were more, the sword of John's words were a bit more sharpened than Paul. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, he's just put it there like that. <laughs> Paul was like a Christ. John was like, talking God wrong. <laughs> just put it out there like that. Amen. He says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. Now, what causes a man to transgress? Those things that spoil you. Beware, lest any man spoil you. Because you must have been spoken to to make you turn. What made you before you were going on a path? You know how Paul will say, Who bewitched you, O Galatians? You were you were going on a good path. A man came to tell you something else, and then you went another way. You went into religion. That's traditions of men. That's what happened to the Galatian church. <laughs> That's what happened to the Galatian church. Who are all foolish Galatians? Who has bewitched you? They were going on a good path. They were abiding in the doctrine of Christ before. Then they transgressed as a result of religion, traditions of men. He said, whosoever transgresseth, so don't step out. Abide. Stay. Now abideth faith, hope, and charity. And the greatest of these is charity. You have to abide in them. They are abiding substances. Whenever they say abiding, they're talking about things that abide, things that last abiding substances they don't fade away to an inheritance incorruptible huh? 
What's again? What is it again? Incorruptible, undefiled, and faded so is abiding. Then after it now says the word by the word of God which abideth, which liveth and abideth forevermore is abiding, is inheritance, is abiding. It faded not away. So what the substances of what faded not away is the substances you need to abide in, and those substances are Christ. Doctrine of Christ, person of Christ, is nature. Christ's nature. What will Christ do? Hmm. Those are the questions you begin to ask yourself. What will Christ do? Whosoever transgresses and abided not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. You see it? Hath not God. Because in Luke chapter 11, it was the prayer for having God, kingdom of God. Our Father who art in heaven, who is the God in the kingdom? Hath not God. He that abided in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. That's inheritance. Inheritance one, inheritance two. (laughs) Father and the Son. Then John now warned them. You see the word, this is a man again. If come any unto you, meaning any man. (laughs) Amen. Are you hearing? Eh? Yeah, I'm sure you guys are hearing online. If there come any unto you, man again, that what? And bring not this doctrine. This is a bit sharper than what Paul. Paul just said, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, rudiments of this world, traditions of men, and not after Christ, meaning not after this doctrine of Christ. For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You know, John put it this way, if there come anyone unto you, any man unto you, and bringeth not this doctrine, hmm, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he, verse 11, that biddeth him Godspeed, is partaker of his evil deeds. God. This, is, this is too harsh for me. Let me come in. Let me let me balance it. <laughs> I just leave it like that. <laughs> Isn't it so harsh? <laughs> this standard. We just put the standard, man. <laughs> it's too much. Uh, so for now, maybe if we cannot handle John's standard, let's try Paul's standard. You get it? <laughs> Beware, let's any man spoil you. <laughs> Do you know why John's standard was even higher? The people we was writing to were already close to yeah. the end. Yeah. You don't transgress when you are close to the end. Yeah. And out of love, he was, when, if you see from verse 1, he was speaking out of love. Yeah. Right. Who I love in the truth. People who are walking through, they've journeyed, they've been abiding for a season. He said, this is not the time for you to transgress. I don't, I'm warning you, this, I have to be harsh with you right now. Yeah. Out of love, I have to be harsh with you right now. So that you don't miss out, you're about to inherit God. You can't know. You can't do it. You can't. I'm a, and many of us, even online, you know, this is the season they've been talking about inheritance in EGFM analysis. And so well, some of us, it's for us, but some of us. And let me just tell you now, I want to just, let me take a time out just to teach you a little bit about blessing of a house. Now, once, once these messages of inheritance has come upon the house, it's for everybody, even though you may cannot handle it yet. This is how God does things. When God has released blessing, He releases it for the whole house. Meaning for everybody who is partaking or hearing from that fountain. 
You need to learn this wisdom. So that's the reason why when ministrations are coming that you don't understand, don't murmur against it. Don't abuse it and say this word. No, put leave it where it is in the air. Because it's upon your head, it's on the on the head of the house. It's upon the cloud, it's a cloud upon the house. So this is the season where they are teaching about inheritance and reward. Inheritance. Let the thing flow. Let it hang on your head. It is hanging over this house. God knows what he does. He knows that not everybody in the house can receive it. But as long as in their house in their, is there in the house, next year you will receive it. Two years from now you will understand it. Three years from now you will understand it. But the thing has already been given to the house. So don't speak against it. Because it's for you. You just don't, you are not ready. You are maybe still learning, you are still learning faith of charity right now. But God is seeing you that in two years' time, in three years' time, you'll be ready for charity. You'll be a charity. And because he has already blessed the house with inheritance, immediately after you finish charity, the inheritance that the house has been blessed with three years ago will still come upon your head. These are, these are spiritual wisdoms. This is what God does. That's why when God will bless a man, to him he has blessed multitude. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why? Because that house, every, as long as you are around that place, in the vicinity of that compound, you get me, you will pick the, you will pick the blessing of the house. These are spiritual wisdoms. So stick around. Don't transgress. Abide. Stay. Beware lest any man spoil you. Amen. I will leave it like that. So, what have I been teaching? How to preserve yourself away from temptation. Yes. And the moment you are having doubts, pray. You need to pray. That's what Jesus, you know, so Jesus said, Luke 11, this is how you should pray, not so. So, he meant, he meant, the moment you are beginning to have second thoughts, you are beginning to have temptations, you are beginning to be dragged away from the doctrine of Christ, you are beginning to question it, pray. Open your mouth and pray. God, lead me not into temptation. But deliver me from these thoughts. Deliver me from evil. Turn it to a prayer. Speak it out. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the devil. Deliver us from any man that comes to spoil us. That's what that's the prayer. Deliver us from every man that wants, wants to come to spoil us. With whatever it may be. Because yes, they will come. Do you get me? John didn't mean that you not entertain guests. Eh. Your house is your soul. Don't let the thing enter your soul. That's what he's saying. And don't bid him Godspeed in your soul. <laughs> Amen. God, they must have been dangerous men in their time. Grecian wisdom. And they are also dangerous men in this our time. Yes, the polishing is now perfected. Some people, if they come and gist you. No, don't know if anybody that was gisting us about one, one of your roommates back in Lagos. That he says he's a free thinker. People were gathered. The guy started ministry. <laughs> People were gathered to come and listen to his free thoughts. Free talk. <laughs> free talk. 
different thinking talk. Imagine they don't get book to study. They got like got somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus, doesn't believe he's a free thinker. Yeah. What is that? Is that not a Christian man? Yes. And there are men like that. There are people you know who are like that. Yeah. And it's not their fault. Don't hate them. It's the devil in them that you hate. It's the devil that is trying to use them to get to you because you still have affinity for some of them. So keep the affinity like them, be friends, but make, don't receive their word. Yeah. Any man who is not bringing doctrine of Christ to you, don't receive that word. Let me balance it because I, it's not, you know, doctrine of Christ, you can be preaching faith. That is part of it. That's the elementary principles. Yeah. You can be preaching even prosperity in a balanced way. It's part of it. Elementary principles. People preach healing. It's part of it. Elementary principles. So do you get more? Those ones are, are confirmed. Mm-hmm. But teachings, philosophy, teachings that lead you to this world, teachings that lead you to religion, another manner of uh, of of edifice or service that is not after Christ that is not after the ministration of who Christ is don't take it as your own you can hear, you can hear it personally but don't take it as your own praise the name of the Lord don't take it as your own don't take it as your own beware lest any man spoil you Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Today is the keys of the kingdom. What they are giving us is the keys of the kingdom. Thank you, my Father. Father, we bless your name. We give you praise. Thank you for everything you are doing in us. Our Father, if any of my, the words of mine have been misspoken, help correct it in the hearts of the hearers. In the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' name we pray. Let's go back to 2 John. Verse 9. I was trying to avoid it because of the way John was talking. But I see in my heart I haven't done it justice. I'm trying to avoid it. (laughs) Amen. I, I would be obedient. Let's go back and finish it properly. I'm thinking about the people. But this is Bible. It gets me. Amen. People will not misunderstand. I don't want anyone to misunderstand what I am saying. You know? Uh, what I'm just trying to say is to focus on the doctrine of Christ. And make it your number one priority at all times. 
that if if you hear other things, yeah, some of those things are good. They can even help your physical life. Some of them are part of God's word. Uh, but there are also others that are not from God. That the intention are to give you another pursuit. That's the word I'm looking for. Do you get me? When another when philosophy comes, when vain deceit comes, what is it trying to design? Where traditions of men come, what does it mean traditions of men? What we do. Yeah. Meaning he wants to give you another thing to be doing. Another vision. Uh-huh. So rather than just learning Christ, go and be doing these traditions. That they say, oh, God also likes it too. Uh-huh. So that's, that's what the, uh, isn't out clear. So because when somebody comes to preach uh, healing, healing is not a vision. Healing is you need to get healed. Do you get me? Well, many of milk is not visions. Milk is to help you gifts. Healing, heal, gifts. Help you provide for your needs. That's milk. Supply of your needs. When vision comes into place, when you start teaching you doctrine of Christ, and that's where the enemy will go and start trying to bring alternative visions for you to pursue in your life. You know, some of us still have the mind that one day we'll finish learning this Christ and then we'll go and do other things. That's the, that's the problem. Let's quickly finish. Let me learn it. You see some people, they want to just drive it, they just get it so they can go. Huh? Let me tell you, if you get it and go, you have not gotten it. Anyone who has really gotten it will abide. You will get it and you will stay. Yes. Because this is the vision. This is the vision. The vision. Remember, Jesus, if it's Jesus' vision, this is your vision too. It's the kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And those things cannot happen without what? Day-to-day bread. Word of righteousness. Doctrine of Christ. That's why you must abide in the doctrine of Christ. So if kingdom is your vision, and it should be for all of us, then beware lest any man spoil you. Lest any man come to give you another vision than kingdom. Another vision. Another pursuit of life. Another progress of life, direction of life. I, I, I'm still going to speak on this second day, but I want to make sure you people are understanding me. That's why I'm careful with it. I know in time past, this thing, some of these things have been misunderstood. And so if people have questions, you can ask me after the meeting to explain further, to help. So let's see First John, Second John, First 1, 9. This is Bible, is it not? So, whosoever transgressed and abided not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. Uh, what, what, what did the Bible say concerning the word of God? Is ye an amen? So, there's no other way to have God. <laughs> no, okay. John could have said this way. Whosoever transgressed and believeth not in Jesus' name has not God. No, that's not what he said. He not said believe now. He said abide. And abiding means you have stayed. Not just stayed, not physical. Even your heart is dead. Your heart has rested on this mountain. Abide. So it's abiders that have God. 
People who have stayed in the exercise and they are staying there and their feet is not being moved from this exercise. And they are staying there and their feet is not being what? Moved from this exercise. Those are abiders. Their feet is not moved from this exercise of word of righteousness, of doctrine of Christ. Same thing. You know, it says, He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father, and you begin to inherit things when you stay. But you have to give it time for the image to form, for the vision to form. That's why they have to warn you to abide. It's not a 24-hour miracle operation. You have to stay for a while before you actually start seeing what you have been staying for. And so the problem is that all the while you are staying and not yet seeing, not yet inheriting, you can be tempted out of the way because you have not gotten anything yet from it, per se. But stay, abide. What will happen? You have both the Father and the Son. You become a temple, a tabernacle of the Father and the Son. Then his kingdom has come. Ah, Bible is sweet. <laughs> then his kingdom has come. Verse 10. He says, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, this doctrine that gives you God. That's why. That's why it's so serious. This is the only doctrine that can give you God. This is the only God doctrine that can, you, can, you can journey in and stay in. And you will have both the Father and the Son aboding in you permanently forever and ever. Is the only way to that. They call it the more excellent way. Yet, I show you a more excellent way. Abide in it. So if any come unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. I'll just say it like John said it. Neither bid him Godspeed. So don't tell him bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Because really what happened is that Satan wants to enter your house. It's not the man's fault. Forget the man. The man is just being used. Forget the person. It's Satan. That's the problem. He wants to give you another vision that would redirect you away from the way, the excellent way that you are embarking by, which is now abided faith, hope, and charity. And the greatest of this is charity, meaning faith of charity, hope of charity, and charity, charity, meaning Christ. Christ in three dimensions. Christ as faith, Christ as hope, and Christ as charity. That's the doctrine of Christ. I read it again. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Semicolon. They now explain why. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Verse 12 doesn't have many things to write unto you. I want to explain this, brother. 
but I don't have time. I rather say it face to face. That was what I mean. He says, I, I having many things to write unto you, I will not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. He was about to come and teach them eternal life, the fullness of it. Meaning, he was about to come and give them the end of this thing. Because this is eternal life, that you may know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So they are abiding in Christ. He wrote, he first, he wrote unto them in letter. Oh, this is awesome. Are you seeing what John did? John wrote into them in letter. The things that you are hearing, keep hearing them. Do not transgress. I'm coming soon. Because when I come, I will now teach you the God <laughs> of what you have been abiding in. I will teach you eternal life. The Bible says, for this is the one true God and eternal life. God is eternal life. So when he says, for whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, has not eternal life. Not so. First John chapter 5. Let's see. First John chapter 5. Verse 20. First John chapter 5. Verse 20. And we know that the Son of God is come. And had given us an understanding. <laughs> that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his son Jesus Christ. Who is this? This is the true God. And eternal life. Little children keep yourself from idols. That one is important. Those are some of those things that visions that can come. And spoil you. This is the true God and eternal life. So when he's saying, whosoever transgressed in the, uh, in the, whosoever transgressed and abided not in doctrine of his heart's not God, he's talking about eternal life there. And eternal life is knowing the Father and the Son. Let's see that again. We know the scriptures. These things just need to be buttressed over and over again. Let me make sure enough word, enough scriptures, enough things are understood. I'll read verse 2 and 3. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God. They might know thee, the only true God. That's Father. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You may know thee. The only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So, that connects with verse, the end of verse 9 of Second John. Who says, He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. It means he will lead you to both the fullness of them. The Father and the Son. So, when in verse 12, let's see verse 12 of this second John. He begins to say, Having many things to write unto you, those things are things that pertain to eternal life. How do I know? He says, I will not write them with paper and ink. I, I don't, you can't write out this thing, paper and ink. Rather, but I trust to come unto you. So it's based on if God permits. Because when I come unto you, I will speak face to face. Does that, does that sound familiar? First Corinthians chapter 13. Now we know in part. But then shall we know. <laughs> you get me now we see through a glass gla- darkly then and de- then face to face it means the perfect realm. eternal life is face to face but I trust to come unto you 
and speak face to face that our joy may be full. That, that joy now is now the doctrine of God. That joy now is now what? The doctrine of God. That our joy may be full. He said this same thing, this same process in 1 John chapter 1. We're going to see 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Verse 4 was the end of the thing. Because it was, about, it was talking about eternal life. It says, That which we have, which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. The, that's the exercise. The exercise is that you first heard it. Then after hearing it, you now saw it. After seeing it, you now gazed upon it. After gazing upon it, I see in process, you now handled it. You are now full age of the word of life, which is the word of righteousness, which is the doctrine of Christ. Verse 2. For the life was manifested, we have seen it and bear witness. He has borne witness to it. And show unto you that eternal life. Which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Verse 3. That, we, that which we have seen. What have they seen? That eternal life. <laughs> and heard we declare unto you that ye may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Meaning our fellowship is with eternal life. Then verse 4. And these things write unto you that your joy, meaning eternal life, will come to you. Eternal life will be full. So whenever he says that your joy may be full, it means eternal life. The end, the reward. That your joy may be full, reward. So that's verse 12 of Second John. Verse 12, see, having many things to write unto you, I will not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be. It means when I come to you now, what I'll begin to minister is that eternal life. Is that eternal life. Fellowship. We're going to minister Father and the Son for your joy to be, to be full. That our joy, that our joy may be full. I feel like I, I've done it a bit justice now. The process. So John had to be warning them. You are quarter to receive eternal life. Meaning, you know, you are quarter, you are close. You are in the eleventh hour of you abiding the doctrine of Christ. Don't transgress now. In fact, right now, be so serious. Don't let anybody come and tell you anything else. You have to be so serious. This is your eleventh hour. Because the next thing I'm when I come to you face to face is eternal life. It's for reward season. It's for your joy to be full. So if I come to you face to face and you have not abide, you have not, I don't see you. You get me? You have missed out on a reward. You have transgressed. By the time I come to you, you have missed out on reward. So this is not the season. Don't transgress. Abide until reward comes. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in our hearts. The day when our joy will be full. That season is coming. It's upon us already. It's coming. It's coming. Seasons are coming. The days ahead are coming. Where the teachings of eternal life will begin to flow like waters upon the, the earth. Father, we thank you this morning, afternoon. We give you praise. Uh, thank you for mercy. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for grace. We give you all the praise. All adoration be unto your holy name. This eternal life that you are talking about. Give us understanding. Give us understanding. Give us understanding. 
pertaining this eternal life which you are talking about. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Help us to abide. Our Father, wherever words are not hitting home to this morning, this afternoon, help me rectify it. Correct it. Let it land well in their hearts. Let them not misunderstand, misinterpret, misdiagnose the intentions of this word. May it rest in our hearts. May may our hearts be prepared so that we can receive the mouth, the lips, the words of your lips. But the preparation of the heart is of a man. Proverbs 16 verse 1. But the, the, the answer of the lips, the speech of the lips is of the Lord, is God. So, Father, help us our hearts to be prepared in this season. We will not miss this word. We will not mince this word. It will settle where it ought to settle. It will find good soil in our heart. It will rest and it will abide. And we also will be abiding. We will stay. We will not transgress. And we will be careful in this season. So that we will inherit all that God has for us. We will be careful for, for all that doctrines. So that we will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Uh, you will help us to settle. You will help our hearts to be rested on this mountain so that we will not turn from it to the left or to the right. Oh, Father, help us so that we will have God, so that we will have eternal life, so that we will have the Father and the Son. Show us mercy in this hour. Show us mercy in this season. I am praying for each and every one of us, my Father, Baba. I pray for everyone. And I intercede for every soul here today. Every soul that is connected with us in one form or the other across the earth. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, do not let one soul miss it. Father, I pray for my brethren. You will give us grace. You will grace our hearts so much in this season. You will strengthen our weak knees. You will give us strength. You will give us understanding. You will give us speech. You want to speak against every spirit that is disturbing us. Oh, Father, you will bring answer. And Father, according to your word, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And the Lord God shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. So shall it be in this season concerning each and every one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will supply our needs. You will keep us in good health. You will keep us in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on thee. Father, this season we shall be covered. This season we shall be fortified. This season we shall be blessed. This season we shall not transgress. We shall not turn to the left to the right but we will be abiders help us i pray for every soul i intercede for every soul this is our hour of need we have come to obtain mercy and find grace to help in our hour of need help us in this season season our hearts with grace season our minds with peace so that grace and peace be upon each and every one of us so that we'll be strong in this season we'll wait for our reward we'll wait for our joy to be full you will help us not one will miss it not one will stumble out of the way not one will misstep out of the way no one shall be evil spoken of father in the name of jesus you shall guard us and lead us not into temptation and keep us from the evil one no man will spoil us no man will spoil us no man will spoil us in the mighty name of jesus i have prayed thank you my father Father, thank you. I, I cover myself. I cover each and every one of us with the blood of Jesus. Uh, we speak into our week. This our next week. You shall be successful. You shall prosper. You shall do well. You shall excel. It shall go well with you. No evil shall come near your dwelling. A thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hands, but it shall not come near you. You are covered in the name of Jesus. I soak you in the blood of Jesus. I cover you with the blood of Jesus. Protection of the Almighty be upon each and every one of us and our households. No evil shall come near our dwelling. We shall be kept we shall be protected temptation will not near us we will receive
sealed, will be protected. Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. So shall it be concerning each and every one of us. I place the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon your heads. Each and every one of us, you shall not be touched. No harm shall come near you. No evil shall come near you. No evil shall befall you. You shall be protected. You shall be covered. All true from this day forth and forevermore. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, I pray for myself also that these things, you would seal me in these things. Uh, I will not be a castaway, I haven't preached the word. Yes, Lord, my Father, you will, bring me, you will bring me into the fellowship of light. You will bring me also to eternal life. I want to eternal, inherit eternal life. Help me, Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.